episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks on the Mayo Media Network. I am Gary and Thorne, and we are breaking down everything you need to know for Tuesday, August 17th, and the 15-game featured slate that gets going just past 7 p.m. Eastern Time on DraftKings. I want to apologize right off the top. Sort of lost my voice this weekend, but we're going to power through this. Excuse me if at some point I just give up, but we'll try. We're definitely going to try. We're going to talk about the DFS slate. We're going to talk about some best bets on the DraftKings Sportsbook. And before we do any of that, as you guys know, we will break down my favorite plays over at Prize Picks. So let's start right there. Before we do that, before we do anything else, before we get any farther, I want to remind you guys that if you head on over to prizepicks.com and use the promo code MMNMLB, you can have your first deposit matched up to $100. So do that and then strongly consider these plays on Tuesday. Let's start with Carter Keyboom. Kaiboom? Keyboom. I think it's Keyboom. Carter Keyboom of the Washington Nationals, obviously a very big prospect, a former first-round pick, someone who has been hitting relatively well so far in August, yet I'd like him to go under his fantasy point prop of five on Tuesday because Alec Manoa, who we will talk about quite a bit in this episode, is on fire right now. He's pitching extremely well in his past six starts for the Toronto Blue Jays. He has also shut down right-handed bats specifically well so far in his brief MLB career. Righties are hitting just 135 with a 209 Woba off of Alec Manoa. A lot of that has to do with how devastating his slider is right on right. So Kaiboom, who, you know, is hitting towards the back end of that Nationals batting order, probably going to hit sixth on Tuesday. That means he's likely limited to four plate appearances. It's just not really a situation that's conducive to a big fantasy performance from him. So under five in Washington. I also like Jared Walsh to go over his fantasy point prop of seven on Tuesday. And the reason I'm a little bit more optimistic about Jared Walsh's chances is he is facing Casey Mize, who has not been looking good so far in August. In his two starts, Mize is giving up a 502 opponent Woba in the month. And for the season, even though his ERA is pretty good, his expected ERA is 5.17. So the ERA estimators don't love Mize as much as some of the surface stats. And his biggest red flag this season has been left-handed batters. Lefties have hit 2.67 home runs per nine off of Mize in 2021. So Jared Walsh, who is one of the best hitters of right-handed pitching in all of baseball, should have a pretty good opportunity to do some damage against not only Casey Mize, but also a Detroit bullpen that is underwhelming at best and average even in the most optimistic of circumstances. So I think Jared Walsh goes over seven fantasy points, and that's going to wrap up our little prize pick segment. But I feel pretty strongly about both of those plays. But let's not waste any more time. Let's talk about this 15-game behemoth of a slate on Tuesday. There's actually 16 games for Tuesday as a whole. We've got a doubleheader between the Red Sox and the Yankees. So just make a mental note that game two is the game you are playing in this 15-game slate, so that is just seven innings that may impact how you want to utilize some of those positional players, although 
two very high-ranking prospects and two guys who have looked very good starting that game for the Red Sox and Yankees, respectively. So might not have been an offensive haven and a place you wanted to be stacking anyway. But let's start with pitching, as we always do. Let's start at the top end. There are only two guys on this slate priced above $10,000. And the first one is Corbin Burns, who somehow, I, again, I know this is sort of like a result of the 15-game slate. You have to kind of mark down the prices across the board. But, man, Corbin Burns goes out and strikes out 15 Cubs, puts up 49.6 DraftKings points in his last start, and his salary goes down $100? Are we trying to get people to play Corbin Burns? Because I think that's what you're going to end up doing. Um, Burns, look, he's obviously viable. Um, he's a guy who leads the majors in almost every single statistical category that you would want a pitcher to be leading in. I do want to point out St. Louis is a much tougher matchup than the Chicago Cubs lineup he faced his last time out. Uh, the Cardinals, even though, you, you know, Paul DeYoung is day-to-day, -day, Dylan Carlson is day-to-day -day right now, uh, their last 30 days, they have a 335 Woba. That is the fourth best mark in all of baseball. Also, Burns's three starts prior to that 15 strikeout outing against the Cubs, he'd only struck out 17 opponents combined in those three starts. So it's not like we're getting double-digit strikeout efforts from Burns every single time he takes the mound. But at the same time, this is someone who scored at least 20 DraftKings points in seven of his last eight starts. He's got a higher ceiling than maybe any other pitcher in baseball, non-Jacob deGrom division. So yes, Corbin Burns is viable. However, Framber Valdez is a really interesting counterpart as the other guy above $10,000 because you couldn't have two pitchers with different archetypes or two more different archetypes than Valdez and Burns. Valdez for the season only has a 22% strikeout rate. However, he's still elite in particular things. It's just things that we don't normally attribute to DFS success. Uh, he is someone who through his 14 starts this season is inducing a 70% opponent ground ball rate. That's insane. <laughs> That's incredible. I mean, it's the reason that only 3.3% of opponent plate appearances against Valdez this season have ended in a barreled baseball. It's why he's so good at really just suppressing opponent hard contact or dangerous contact, I guess I should say, because it's really the launch angle with Framber Valdez. Uh, the matchup is also really good, where Burns is, is not so great, considering the recent success of the Cardinals. Kansas City across the last two weeks, dead last in isolated power at just one, or excuse me, 0 .101, and they have a 69 WRC plus in that two-week span coming into Monday. So Valdez should be able to have a very good start against the Royals. It's just a matter of will he strike out enough batters to get to a place where Corbin Burns might be, because there's only $200 of price differential between these two guys. So I think both are viable, but obviously Burns, with that strikeout upside, is in a class of his own. I promised we'd talk more about Alec Manoa. Here we are. He is $8,600. Talk about a guy who got a price discount after an amazing start. Manoa is on the heels of an 11-strikeout game against the Angels. That was a career high. 
Granted, his career spans 11 games, but still, 11 strikeouts. It's a really, really good total. The only mistake he made in that entire game resulted in a two-run home run by Shohei Otani. That's gonna happen. You can't really hate Alec Manoa for that. Uh, His last six starts, 1.53 ERA, 2.33 FIP, and a 31% strikeout rate. This guy's a stud. He really is. Uh, I know he kind of came up quietly midseason. He was like the Jays' fifth or sixth best prospect. Hadn't really had a lot of minor minor league pedigree, but now we know if Manoa had been one of those guys who was in the minors a little bit longer and the scouts had been able to see him a little bit more, he would have been rising up these prospect lists a lot faster. So maybe his initial prospect pedigree uh, didn't exactly reflect the talent level we're seeing right now, but he's great. Uh, and he is much better than an $8,600 pitcher with some of the numbers we have seen lately. Also, the Nationals, one of the easiest possible lineups you could draw. And now we're putting an American League pitcher into a National League park where he won't have to face a DH. So the fact that the Nationals as a team the last two weeks have a 122 isolated power, an 82 WRC+, plus really works to the advantage of Alec Manoa. I think he's a fantastic option. Might actually be the best dollar-for-dollar play on Tuesday's slate. One other guy I wanted to talk about, and this is we've now spent a long period of time talking about very expensive pitchers. Let's go the complete opposite direction and talk about Taylor Hearn, who is the cheapest pitcher on this slate. But I do want to say, I know, and I don't blame you guys, I don't think anyone here has probably watched a lot of the Rangers, Taylor Hearn's got nasty stuff. This guy is really good, and though he's spent a majority of the season in the bullpen, he's started to make his way transitioning into a starting role. And his last four appearances, he's thrown at least three innings in all four appearances. He's getting up to around 70 pitches, so I would think maybe we're looking at 75 to 85 pitches on Tuesday, which generally would be a red flag, but when you're $4,700, Nothing is really a red flag, if we're being perfectly honest. But those last four appearances, a 1.84 ERA and an opponent WOBA of just 255. Uh, Seattle has struggled immensely with left-handed pitchers so far this season. They are a team that also loves to strike out against left-handed pitchers. So I think if Hearn can find a way to go five innings in this contest, which I don't think is crazy by any stretch of the imagination— Um, I think he could definitely pay off this salary. We might be looking at 4x value, maybe even 5x value if somehow Texas can win this game. Although asking Texas to win a baseball game might be a stretch of the imagination. So I think Hearn is is certainly viable. Uh, I wouldn't go crazy with with loading up shares of Taylor Hearn. But, you know, if, if you're someone who wants to use Corbin Burns and then sort of, you know, maybe in a couple lineups really balance out that salary with an SP2, I do think Taylor Hearn is an option. Uh, Taylor Hearn is also someone who you'll be looking at if you want to stack the Toronto Blue Jays. And I think this is probably a night where you're going to want to stack the Jays. Uh, Eric Fetty has had a rough go as of late. His last nine starts, a 743 ERA. Now, a big issue he's had in that nine-start span is left-handed hitters. The Jays don't have a ton of left-handed hitters, but it's not like he's been great against right-handed hitters either, and the Jays have great right-handed hitters, especially if George Springer can get back into the lineup after an off day on Monday, but you're still using the normal guys here. Vlad, 6'4", Bose, 6,000, Semyon and Tejasker Hernandez are 5,400. However, 
because Fetty is giving up a 439 Woba to left-handed batters in that nine-start span, someone like Corey Dickerson, who, if George Springer's not playing, is probably going to be hitting fifth in this Jays lineup at $3,400. Someone with the track record and pedigree of Corey Dickerson hitting right-handed pitching at $3,400, hitting you know, right behind Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Teoscar Hernandez, that's a really good position for Corey Dickerson. He should be heavily owned, heavily owned on Tuesday's slate. And if he's not, then this is a great opportunity for people. But I would even say, like, if Reese McGuire's in the lineup and you want to punt at catcher, Reese McGuire, Brevik Valera might be hitting 7th or 8th in this lineup. But he's got multi-position eligibility. He's just $3,600. He's a switch hitter. You know, if you're going to stack the Jays, you have to use some of these cheap bats. Dickerson's the best guy by far. But even if you want to use McGuire, who's likely batting ninth, and then use Semyon and Bichette, who will be hitting one and two, you can kind of augment your stacks that way. So a lot of different ways to go about it. But main point here, the thing to take home, Eric Fetty has been terrible lately. And I think the Jays are going to put up a lot of runs. And actually, let's just complete the Jays trifecta right now. Um, you know... Cards on the table, I'm a Jays fan, long-suffering Jays fan. But for our best bets, let's go with the Blue Jays run line, minus one and a half at minus 120. And again, if I think Alec Manoa is a great play as a starting pitcher, if I think the Jays offense is a great stack, that probably means we're going to have a pretty lopsided game. And that would play into the experience of the 2021 Jays. Toronto this season, despite being nine games above 500, has only won eight games by one run to put that in perspective the only teams with fewer wins in one run games than the blue jays who again are significantly above 500 are the baltimore orioles and the arizona diamondbacks when the jays win games they win by wide margins so generally speaking if you're going to bet the jays money line just bet the jays run line because at this point, about 85% of the time, if they were going to cover on the money line, they covered on the run line. So the Jays are like the run line team. Let's take them on the run line on Tuesday at minus 120. I also want to bet the Oakland Athletics on the money line going up against the Chicago White Sox. It is minus 120. This is just a pretty uh, lopsided pitching matchup. It's Chris Bassett going up against Reynaldo Lopez, who is making his second consecutive quote-unquote emergency start just with so many injuries uh, to that Chicago rotation right now. Oakland is 17-5 in Bassett's last 22 starts, and Bassett has been specifically great against right-handed batters. He's only allowed .47 home runs per nine to right-handed hitters. He's got a 2.74 FIP against right-handed batters so far this season. That's so key against the White Sox because they bring Tim Anderson, Jose Abreu, Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert to the table. If you can neutralize and survive against those right-handed batters, there's not really enough left-handed power in that lineup to really make you afraid. So I think Bassett's sort of the perfect guy to take on this White Sox lineup. And I think it's essentially going to be Lopez for three or four innings than a lot of the Chicago bullpen. It's a good bullpen, but... It's not the perfect circumstances for a win. So I will take Oakland as a slight road favorite at minus 120 on the money line. Also, again, Jay's run line at minus 120 on the DraftKings Sportsbook. And that's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks. I am Gary and Thorne, and I will catch you guys tomorrow.